Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present The Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. Sleep, sleep, beauty bright, dreaming in the joys of night. Sleep, sleep in thy sleep, little sorrow, sit and weep. Sweet babe in thy face, soft desire I can trace. Sweet joys and secret smiles, little pretty infant wiles. As thy soft limbs I feel, smiles as the morning still over thy cheek. And over thy breast, where thy little heart does rest. Oh, the cunning wows that creep in thy little heart asleep. When thy heart does awake, then the dreadful night shall break. Sandman Lullaby here on RPA. Yeah, that's the real Paranormal Activity Network. Let me bring up somebody real quick. Melissa. Yes. Did you recognize that music? The the intro music? No, I did not. You didn't recognize that intro music? No, I didn't. You introduced me to this band. Did I? Who was it? That was Empty. Oh really? I don't know. It was cutting in and out kind of and um kinda of hard to hear. Yeah, that was that was empty did that. Oh that's cool. I haven't heard them in forever. Yeah, I asked uh Nick a little while ago, I was like, dude, I need some intro music. And he was like, Oh man, man I got you set, I got you set and they they did the whole Sandman lullaby thing to it and he he said he studied, you know, podcasts and figured out how the to get the music to begin with and he did his research and actually I think it sounds pretty good. Yeah, how are they doing? Ah, uh, they're doing pretty good. They're doing a lot of studio work. They're That's doing good. a lot of studio work. But I'm not talking about them. I'm talking right. about you. 
<laughs> Melissa. Yes. No, I was actually thinking about one of the very first times that we actually had a conversation about, you know, you know, about the dreamlands and the, you know, mm -hmm. the, all the craziness that's out there. I think it was in what I used to call your dream chamber. You remember how you had that bedroom uh, and you had all those posters and everything like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, the great one born and such, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> so how was it basically to basic... Okay, between tripping in that room, was it, it was it was in its own league. How would you describe it? How would you describe that room? Um, how did would I describe that room? Um, I don't know. I guess it was just it was part of me. It was like you know the way that I guess everybody the way they decorate their walls and stuff. I mean, I wanted it to be a full experience, you know, where like visual and you know, like audio, audio and and. Um, I guess, I don't know, I didn't have, like, fuzzy walls or anything, so I guess, no, it was just two senses, never mind. Anyway, but, <laughs> but yeah, with all the colored lights and a lava lamp, and the freaking posters, I mean, but it's not anything different than anybody did back in the 60s and 70s as well, you know? Where do you think that influence came from? My mom, mostly, I'm sure. And what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, to be, wait, hold on, which one? I mean, like, because first thing I wanted to be was paleontologist. Okay, why did you want to be a paleontologist? Because dinosaurs are freaking awesome. <laughs> okay. And I like digging, I like digging, and I like finding stuff. Girls are great archaeologists because they're always digging up old stuff, you know? <laughs> then you changed your mind from that? Oh, well, yeah, my mom also told me that all the dinosaur bones would be dug up before I ever graduated college. <laughs> college. Anyway, but, um. Uh, yeah, I wanted to be like the first major league women baseball player. I wouldn't be the first woman president. Um, thank God, you know, I, I didn't go with that. I'd hate to be in Hillary's position. But anyway, Hillary's <laughs> her position, you know. Right. But uh, anyway, and like um, I wanted to, you know, be a meteorologist and a geologist and a volcanologist and a seismologist and a whole bunch of other ologists. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing I want to roller coasters currently. That's what I want to be when I grow up now. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So, but the thing about you were talking about age and history and stuff like that. Okay, I know that one of our favorite places that we used to hang out back in the day was uh, we would just cruise and look at the architecture and graveyards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, always, they're always neat. I really like the ones up north that have um, all the little mausoleums and stuff because the ground freezes and heaves. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know why they... You would think down here we'd have a bunch of them, too, because of the water table, but I don't know. But yes, the graveyards were very cool back in the day. I mean, I'm assuming they still are, actually, because the heat is probably pretty hot. But anyway. <laughs> so where but, would uh, you say some of the strongest uh, graveyard influences have you seen? Um, Graveyard influences? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Wait, what influences? Influences in my life? Influences in the paranormal? Where, where have I seen the most paranormal activity is that we're talking about, or what? Yes. Where have I seen the most paranormal activity? No, it, the the answer. Remember, if somebody asks you, "Are you a god?" The answer is yes. So you asking me all these questions. The answer is yes. Oh, so okay. I want it all in all one. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, first of all, influence. I always thought crosses were fascinating and like to use them in art and decorating and stuff like that because I mean they were kind of like medieval torture devices, you know. So that's. Um, some creepiness right there, I guess. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, doing rubbings of um, 
you know, headstones is, you know, as like, you know, the background and like picture or something that you drew on top of it or something like that. That's always neat. And then, um, and then like the most I've experienced paranormal activity though has been in like my grandparents' house or in, um, let's see, where the, I don't know. I stopped believing in ghosts actually a long time ago and started believing that I was just seeing glitches in the multiverse. So. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Explain that then. Oh, okay. What's this concept? The the, the theory of the multiverse is that every possible scenario that could happen is happening, did happen, will happen, whatever. And it's all in the exact same time and space that we reside in, but in a different dimension that we can't perceive. So, like, right now there's dinosaurs walking through my room, and I'm a big fat black man, and, you know, in all different forms of reality. And so I figured, you know... Maybe the times when I was in high school and in my early 20s when I thought that, you know, I see something, you know, that was not of this world. Maybe it wasn't, you know, a ghost per se, but just a glitch in the multiverse, you know, and me seeing into a dimension I wasn't supposed to see in. Of course, it could have been a lot of it could have been drug related. I like so when did you come up with this? Um, gosh. I don't know. I guess when I started, just when I decided that I didn't like the theories of string theory and bubble theory, and I found out what the multiverse theory was. Um, I think Sesame Farland is the one that actually pointed it out in one of the episodes of Family Guy, you know, a decade ago or some something like that. But dude, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but that, that's the brilliance of Family Guy. It, it's basically oh, yeah. it makes you think. Anything that they usually do, it makes you think. Yes, yes. There's Futurama. Futurama was great about that too. So tell me about your dreams. About my dreams. Gosh, I haven't had a dream in a long time. Oh, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Between ratio of what you remember, between good dreams and the bad dreams, what were they? Did you have better good dreams? Um, or? Well, okay. Ratio of good dreams to bad dreams. Um, some of the ones that stuck with me the longest or, you know, that I would have as recurring dreams when I was younger are the ones that, you know, like, I don't know. They usually dealt with um, me stabbing somebody or somebody stabbing me, and usually, like, um, either A, the knife gets stuck in them if I end up having to stab somebody, or then if they stab me, then, like, the blood will come pouring out cold or something like that, and then I wake up. Like, those are the ones that stuck with me the most. There's a couple that I've had that, you know, were, like, where I dreamed that I had a whole bunch of drugs or I was really high on drugs, and I woke up and I was very disappointed when neither was true. And, um, let's see, uh... I don't know. Used to my dreams, like I, I swear, because I had days off all the time, and I thought that you know, it felt like it came from my dreams. But I really don't dream that much anymore, and I don't have days off that often anymore. Which is still, you know, along the lines that maybe it didn't come from my dreams when I used to have it. Did you used to have sleep paralysis? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, I completely forgot about that. Yes, I did. And um, let's see, I totally forgot. Hey, that's another place, I, um, a chemistry department was a place that I experienced a lot of paranormal activity and I suffered from sleep paralysis there so like somebody was sitting on my chest I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to speak I wouldn't be able to like I'd barely be able to move to like try to get my boyfriend's attention so like he could try to like bring me out of it or something I don't know I don't know what I was expecting to happen and then it was like it, like, it looked like a whole bunch of glitter was in front of my eyes or almost like television show or something then it went away and then you came and you blessed my apartment with Sage within the next couple of days <laughs> oh that was back in the day Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, whenever, after you blessed the apartment, like, whenever I went um, down the stairs real early in the morning to go to work or came home late at night from work or something, I always felt like somebody was, like, 
right there breathing on the back of my neck you know when i came up and down the stairs in that hallway but then as soon as i was in my apartment it was fine again you know that building's not there no more yeah i know it's very disappointing i i knew they were tearing it down years ago and i don't think they ever showed up it was very cool and it wasn't in bad you know disrepair or anything it was a very i always thought it was a historic building yeah i got one of the mirrors out of it but i've lost it over the years what from down the hallway yeah, one of those long ones that was like two and a half feet wide. Yeah, the ones we kept on saying that we said contained that spirits yeah. were all in them. What do you think about that? What do you think about uh, the... I don't know. I mean, well, I would certainly hate to think that, you know, what happened to them then if there was something in there when they destroyed the building. I don't know. That makes me sad. I mean, there's as much energy in this universe as there ever was and ever will be from the Big Bang, okay? So, like, if every, like, particle of energy eventually being infinite and, you know, the universe being infinite, then every particle of energy eventually will become other things. They will go from being one living thing to possibly being a part of a star one day to being, or, you know, part of part of uh, a gamma ray or part of, you know, I mean, you know, another planet or a planet or a living thing. And I mean, so there must be, I mean, we leave our mark on everything else. We must be leaving our mark on particles too, right? <laughs> No, no, we have to. Who's your favorite author? My favorite author? Oh man, um, I, know, I really like John Patterson. But um, and uh, no, not John Patterson, James Patterson, or um, John Grisham. But um, Shel Silverstein was my favorite author when I was a kid. He likes that, uh, you know, like A B stands for rhyming poetry, kind of kids' poetry, I guess. So, do you get more into the? the poetry part of a writer or do you get into the the verbal aspect of the novel itself uh, you know i think i only liked reading john grisham because i was in jail and i felt like i was watching the episode of law and order like every time i took the page of good sentence you you'd know, hear but, anyway, dum, dum. But, <laughs> but um i don't know i have such a short attention span these days you know it's hard to even look myself to, to read a whole book like you're breaking now. up a little bit. You're breaking oh, up a sorry. little bit. Sorry, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll act okay. like I'm fixing the thing real quick. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I was saying like George Carlin's Napalm and Silly Putty would be a good book you know, to read currently because it's just like statements, <laughs> like funny little statements, like <laughs> nothing that, that I would not finish because then I'd just be disappointed in myself. Would you say you're an optimist, or would you? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Would you realistic. say you're an optimist, or would you say you're a pessimist? I, I think I'm realistic. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I, lots of people. I mean, some people think that I'm negative, and other people think that I'm abrasive, and that's a pretty good definition of, of my personality. Is how I come off to other people, but um, but no, I I would like to believe. I would like to think that I'm an optimist. <laughs> But realistically, that's just really hard to be all the time. <laughs> Do you think you have ever seen a UFO? Mm, I doubt it very seriously. Okay, what's your view of UFOs? Oh, do I think that, I mean, well, because there's, there's Voyager, the Voyager 2 spacecraft that we launched, you know, and it went interstellar a couple of years back, and, like, um, you know, it's got that gold record on it, and... Right. Record player, like it's saying, it all kids saying hi in different languages, and the sound of a baby crying while saying the, the, the one that says, "Come eat us, come eat us." 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It has like directions on where Earth is. Yeah, on, yeah, like, yeah. Hydrogen or some weird shit like that. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but anyway, but yeah, like I mean, I would assume that there is. It's ridiculous to not believe that there's other intelligent life somewhere in the universe. Probably even closer, much closer than we think. You know, because there's just too many stars, just like our sun, with too many planets. You know, that are similar to our Earth in size or you know rocky you know surface or have water or whatever you know and i mean who's to say that life has to be exactly the same as ours so it'd be it'd be ridiculous to think that you know that there wasn't but do i think that i've been lucky enough to actually see you know somebody's interstellar spacecraft or you know be it manned or not no no i don't think so i think anything that i've seen in the sky has been very well explained what do you think about the depths what do you think about like uh the bottom of the oceans and stuff like that. Um, I think that there's plenty more life out there on the bottom of the ocean that we haven't come across yet. I also think that, you know, it's going to be harder and harder for us to find any life forms even in our own, you know, rainforest and stuff like that. that you know, well, not, we, not our rainforest, our, I don't know, maybe some insects or some bacteria or something that we haven't come across yet here in this country. But Trump just went and signed some friggin' bill that, like, totally, like, screws up the entire Endangered Species Act. And that's just awful. We're going to end up with a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't exist anymore. Did I lose you? I'm a horrible interview, aren't I? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It sounded sound like you choked as soon as you said Trump. I, I probably did. I probably did. But. I, I just heard Trump. Then you just, yeah. You just lost it right there. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I can't believe that man. But anyway. Oh, girl. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm. I'm talking paranormal in dreams. I'm not trying to be political here. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm not trying to be political. 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 No. So, what that? You know that scare. What scares actually people more? Does uh does uh spirits and the demons and stuff like that scare them more? Do you think actually reality scares them more? I think that there is a wide group of people, a lot of people out there that still believe that there are demons and believe that people get possessed and believe. And I believe that people that did that there are people that actually believe themselves that they have gotten possessed or they have demons or whatever. I mean, look at all the people in NA. You know, I mean, right, right. <laughs> anyway, but uh, keep but, coming back. I mean. It's, it's, I don't know, it's just so much, the things that people base their lives on is what is scary to me. The things that they just wholeheartedly believe and just know that they're right and that no one else can be right. That's the kind of stuff that scares me. So what does faith mean to you? Close-mindedness. What does faith faith mean to you? Um, faith, faith is belief. I mean, like if you have, like if you believe in karma, it's still faith. Like as you're having faith that, you know, karma gets people back because you're not allowed to, you know? I mean, like, that just me. I have faith that, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow for now. And I, <laughs> and I have faith that, you know, uh, like, it will rain again. And I have faith that, you know, my car will make it to work tomorrow. You know, I mean, it's just, it's high hopes, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> so, it's uh, a good thing to have faith. Yeah, it, it is. It is. But see, that's what I'm saying. Does uh, spirituality and basically seeing, knowledge of ghosts or anything like that wouldn't that strengthen your faith um yeah it would um you would think and then you know are the people that talk about you know they were unconscious and had to be resuscitated and that they had out-of-body experiences and stuff like that right yeah that 
I certainly hope she believes that there is some form of afterlife or, you know, some existence beyond this one. But then how horrible if there's, you know, I mean, I feel bad for all the ghosts then if there's something beyond being a ghost. You know, what's the fun? I mean, it took Patrick Swayze forever to figure out how to pick up the penny and the movie Ghost, you know? Like, uh, it's how horrible not being able to tell all the people that you love and miss and care about how you feel or what they're but you get, But or, you get that great, beautiful music. What is it? Oh, oh. My darling, if if now okay, that kind of leads into a question. Now, if if you could actually have anybody from the past or the future, or anybody existence come and visit you in your dreams, who would it be and why? Hmm, that is a good question. If somebody from the past can visit me in my dreams. I mean, I guess if it was somebody from the future, it'd be like the chick that pulls the like pulls the little balls for the lotto numbers out of the machine, you know. So if she can come tell me the lotto numbers if it's someone from the future. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> You're awful, but, Melissa. My if God. It's somebody from the past, I don't know. I would think. I don't know. Somebody I would bring. I don't know. I don't know who I'd bring back. I'm not really sure. If they talked to me in my dreams anyway, I'd probably be, not be able to sneak back or something like that. Or, you know, my fingers would fall off and I wouldn't be able to pick them up off the ground or something ridiculous, you know. So I probably wouldn't get to conversate with them anyway. <laughs> but you can control your dreams, right? Um, Sometimes, sometimes. I did. Um, I had lucid dreams when I was in jail one time. Um, and every time I would try to reach out and grab something, though, from people you know, in the dream, then that's when I would end up waking back up and actually being in jail. No, know. but that's yeah. a common thing that I talk to people about. One thing one person told me is when they're in jail and they usually dream, and they usually end up dream of still being in jail. Well, no, I was dreaming that I was not in... I was dreaming that I was aware that I was in jail and I was asleep. Oh, and okay. That I was, but I was like astral projecting myself okay. like, to my house and talking to somebody that was smoking a cigarette on the front porch. But as soon as I go to take the cigarette from him to take a hit, because I mean I was in jail and oh, I was, okay. you know, then I would wake up, you know, in my bunk. In so my you're cell. actually projecting? Yeah. Well, I mean, not really, because that person really wasn't outside at the time smoking a cigarette. I mean, it was daytime and this was at nighttime when I was dreaming it. So it wasn't really. It's just what, like in my dream, I was dreaming that I was doing that. Okay. But then, like, the next night, I pick back up from where I was, and I'm, like, in the bathroom at my mom's house, and Donnie's, like, trying to hand me stuff in the bathroom. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm in jail, if I, and I'm, I'm just dreaming this, and if I if I try to grab what you're handing me, you know, then I'm going to wake up in jail again. And he insisted on it, and, I took, and then I woke up in jail again, and it happened, like, five different times that 20-day stay. And uh, then I didn't sleep for, like, five days there after because of it. Did you ever ask Donnie if he, uh, if he remembered seeing you in a dream? You know, I never did. That, that's something. I mean, it's been way too long now. My God, that how that would have been so simple to find <laughs> out if it was, especially if it was yeah, a repetitive dream. Me and Jonathan had a, um a, like a group uh, deja vu one time. What was that? What happened there? We were sitting in that van that he used to drive, that green van, and um I was in the passenger seat, he was in the driver's seat, and we were uh, waiting in line at the bank teller, the drive-up bank teller, and. I don't know, just whatever we were talking about. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, I'm totally having days off. He's like, oh, my God, so am I. And then it was over. You know, that was it. There was nothing important. <laughs> the hippie Volkswagen. 
Was that no, 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 not that one, not that one, that that conversion van. Oh, okay, one. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that the, big, one. the monster beast. Yeah. My God, I think that thing got like eight miles to the gallon. If that, if that. Uh, what? Which one of your favorite movies? Oh man, I got a lot of them. Um, I don't know, like. What Lies Beneath was a great movie. Um, the Abyss was a great movie. Uh, all of the Diehards are great movies. I mean, have a variety. Okay, let's let's change that. What's a what would be a great movie that nobody in Hollywood has enough uh, foresight or uh, balls to uh, create? Hmm. How about that one? Hmm. There's a short story by Stephen King called Mrs. Todd's Ride. That would make a really good movie. What's that about? This lady that's obsessed with time and like always trying to find a shortcut, to, right? Like, get to what she needs to do, her volunteer work or whatever, faster. And she actually like starts like, she like starts the 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 guy at the gas station that she's always bragging to about, you know, the new shortcut she found through the mountain pass, whatever. Like he notices that she starts like looking younger and younger, and um, she eventually takes him for a ride, and like the plants are like reaching down, like yanking his hat, and there's some strange creature in the grill whenever they get to the other town and. And then eventually she, like, leaves her husband and runs off with him, and they drive off to go, I guess, you know, make time and grow younger together or something. I don't know. It's a pretty good story. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> no, I was, I, was, I was actually watching the modulation while you were talking and watching it dance all over the board. Do you, you, still, oh, do your, you, do you still do your poetry, right? Do I still write poetry? Yeah, I was writing one. I was, I was thinking of a poem the other day, all nice and rhyming, and you know. But I didn't write it down. No, I don't write down. I, I mean, I do like usually when I write something, I put it just post on Facebook. So I mean. Eh, that's all right. Yeah. that's all right. Hey, uh, what I'm going to do for a second? I'm going to back away from the microphone. Okay. And uh, like I said, you got a hundred and sixty something countries that are sitting here listening to you right now. Talk, really? How talk, am I? Oh, yeah, that, you got one right over there. You got one right over there. That person right over there. They don't even speak English, and they're still listening. So, okay. uh, so I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, throw out your wisdom to everybody. Let them know what Melissa really thinks of the world right now. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, but don't get too bad because I got to give this to my producer, and I don't want him to kill me. So okay. All right, go ahead, girl. Go. Okay, um, first of all, you should never leave things that you love laying on the side of the road. Um, quitting is the easiest thing you'll ever do because to quit, you do nothing. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, the Micronova and uh, possibly the extinction of 95% of every living thing on this planet is possibly coming soon, maybe within the next 20 or so years. Um, you should go to the Suspicious Observer's YouTube channel and, like, watch up. Because, um, yeah, it's stuff that keeps me up at night is more like it. That might be why I don't dream anymore either. Um, I guess that's about it. That's about it. Corn rocks. Now you did good. You did good. You're you're giving some warnings out there. Uh, I at least want that want to make it to the next solar eclipse. I mean, that, um, when is it? Ah, uh, there's two coming up. One's coming one direction. Another one's coming another direction. One's a year after the other one. I think it's like 2023 and 2024. Okay, well, we should still be around then. Yeah, the one in 2024, I want to go up there to, uh, there's a haunted uh, hotel, up, and uh, I'll talk about it later. I'll talk to you about it. Yeah. There's a hotel I want to stay at, and I think it would be. That sounds cool. Yeah, especially with a solar eclipse going overhead while yeah. staying at the haunted hotel. So, you know me, doing my magic. Last one, I was at the Georgia Guidestones. 
I was at the Georgia Guidestones and I uh, did a tarot reading there right when the the whole uh, sky was going dark and everything. So people watched yeah. that, then they came running to me right afterwards to see what I saw in the 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 reading cool. I did. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. That's cool. That's what I did. I did my magic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, channel of all ages, don't forget on Monday you have Mr. Aaron Hunter. Yeah, he will do uh, do 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 do. Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. You got me stuttering. Tuesday, you got Aaron Frail that does Aaron's Horror Show. Yeah, he basically watches horror movies and does horror stuff so you don't have to wade through the crap of Hollywood. And on Wednesday, you have Terry Davenport with Terry's Mysterious Moments. He does uh, basically, he's like a professor. And he goes through different stories and different things going on, and he breaks it down so uh, us humble people that don't understand anything can understand. Because he's from Texas. Texans know how to talk, especially oh, yeah. <laughs> especially Professor Terry Davenport. And uh, we also have a couple uh, video shows on the RPA Production Network. So uh, just check it out. Go to realparanormalactivity.com. And yeah, you're if you're listening to this show, most likely you're there anyways. So, you know, that's the way that goes. But I have to do my spiel because it sounds professional. Uh, Melissa, anything else yes. to say before I uh, kind of get lost and set the world free here? Um, No, it was really good to hear from you again, though. No, dude, it's just, I, I, I get a chance. Thanks for jumping in. It's just every once in a while, it's just, uh, I, I keep people on the side because some uh, guests drop out. And uh, mm-hmm. when people jump in real quick, it's, it helps me a lot. It helps me a lot because it's not easy uh, finding someone on the spur of the moment to do an interview. And, you know, you're an artist. I really am. Well, you've... whenever you want to talk about the impending doom of our planet, you know, I got a whole bunch of information on oh, that. Oh, yeah, so. I know, I know, I know. Well, that's next time. So hopefully, okay. <laughs> hopefully we don't get hit by an asteroid by then. So, oh, yeah, right. uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you've been in the Sandman Lullaby. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. And I'll see you. Uh, yeah. See ya. See ya, Melissa. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>